coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today... To help me do our week six picks of the week is my co-host Charlie. And this is going to be a little bit of a different picks episode because it's just me and Charlie today. I know that's weird because we always have a guest host on these shows, but not today. We were never able to get a hold of last week's Pick'em League winner, but we did move down the list to our second place finisher and we had him all set to go. We were ready to go, but of course it's 2020, right? The storms that blew through North Georgia complicated that. He's still dealing with a power outage, and he just didn't have time to prepare for the show today. So we're going to take a rain check with him. We'll definitely try to get him back on later on in the season. But he did send in his picks, and Charlie is going to read those for each game along the way today. But congratulations to Nostradogmus, who won the Pick'em League last week. We're sorry we couldn't connect, but congrats, man. Big time job there. And also congrats to Sam Upton for coming in second, and we hope Sam and everyone else who was affected by the storm late last night, early this morning, is safe and got through everything without too much damage. So Sam, we really appreciate you sitting in your picks, man. We'll try to get you back on later on this season. As for the updated scores through week five, man, it was, Charlie, it was a rough week. It was a rough week all around. You, your luck kind of ran out. You were waiting on this to happen? I told y'all it was luck. I don't know. It was no, it was, but it wasn't luck. It was just a tough week last week. We had the Big Ten starting for the first time, week one of the Big Ten schedule, and just like week one of the SEC schedule, we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't know that Mississippi State was going to go into Baton Rouge and beat up on the Tigers the way that they did the defending national champions. We didn't know that Michigan was going to go into Minneapolis and do what they did. We just didn't, we didn't see. Michigan State turning the ball over seven times and losing at home to Rutgers. Northwestern destroying Maryland. Like, we didn't see all of those things happening. So it's a tough week. You know, you, just, you think you know, but you don't really know until you know, until you see all these teams out there on the field. And so, yeah, we got a few wrong. Uh, we were all wrong on Minnesota over Michigan. We got to take our lumps there. I will say we got screwed in picking Ole Miss over Auburn. Charlie, did you watch the, the end of that game? I did not. You didn't see that game? I saw it like later, but I wasn't watching. What did you make? What do you make of this Auburn? Like, how do they keep getting the benefit of all these calls? Is it like, well, you're Miss Luck over here. Is it just like you have? Is it just luck, or is there something more nefarious at play here? Is the fix in for Auburn and Alabama? That certainly seems to be the case. Do you buy into that? But why would it be? I well, don't know. The SEC office is in Birmingham, Alabama. Do you, well, do you yes, but why Auburn? Because. The SEC offices in Birmingham, Alabama. That's that's the talking point. You don't buy that? No. At all? No. You just think that Auburn, Alabama just somehow seemingly seem to benefit from every not single Bama. call? Auburn, absolutely. So the fix is in for Bama. but not, yes. So why Bama, not Auburn? Why would they pick a big Bama over Auburn? I don't know. Auburn? I just find it hard to believe that anyone would like Auburn enough to do that. Well, I mean, I know Bama has more of a history. What's better about Alabama? I mean, they're both in the same state. I think Alabama It's a much nicer campus. might yeah. have a step up. In different ways compared okay. to Auburn. In like every way? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. every way. Colors, yeah. mascot, uh, town, Education. all those things. Education. Actually, Alabama is really low. So I don't know. Are they below Auburn? In the, I, I looked at the most recent. See, that's your job right now. I don't mean to, I can't give you jobs. But if you could, Charlie, 
Look that up. I think I saw when I was looking at the most recent U.S. World World and Report standings, whatever they call that, that Alabama was like way lower than I thought they would be. I think they were like in the 50s in public schools. Auburn like may have been higher than them. Check on that. Come back. Let me know when you get that. But uh, yeah, I I get it. But like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I buy into the conspiracy theories that the fix is in for whatever program. But like, man, it just, it's beyond coincidental now. Like, go back. I mean, not even, it didn't start with the 2017 national title game. But obviously, that was the most egregious one in our mind. Like, that game, Tyler Simmons, yeah, he was on sides. That game was stolen from us. You you can say that we we still had time to make up for it, sure. But the fact remains, if that doesn't happen, we win that football game. And that's not the only time we saw against Alabama a couple weeks ago. Uh, there was certainly no pass interference in the end zone that they that they call with it. We should call them to a field goal there. They probably still win the game, but whatever. They just seem to benefit from every single call and every single game that they play. And Auburn, I've never noticed it as much with Auburn, but this year you cannot deny it. I think Auburn could like legitimately be 0-5 this year if it was not for horrific officiating. I'm talking like egregiously horrific officiating. Not even like borderline calls. We're talking about some of the most obvious calls that you can possibly see. And you've got Auburn somehow benefiting and getting the, the right side of all of those calls. So, like again, I'm not one usually for conspiracy theories, but man, like they're really making it hard. The, the officials in the SEC are really, really making it hard to not think there's something going on there. But anyway, Charlie went four and four straight up last week, two and six against the spread. Not, I mean, I know this doesn't sound great, Charlie, but all things considered, we all did pretty terrible last week. So, not the worst week in the world. Our guest host Christopher went three and five straight up, two and six against the spread. Really appreciate him jumping on. He was awesome on the show. I went five and three straight up, and then also three and five against the spread. Not great against the spread, obviously. So again, tough week all around. I did, however, gain a game on Charlie in the straight up standings after I nailed the Oklahoma State over Iowa State game. I think I was the only one last week that had the pokes in that one. So I gained a game there. So now Charlie and I are tied 28 to 14 atop the straight up standings with the guest host coming in at 22 and 20. I extended my lead in the against the spread standings, now sitting at 25 and 17 straight up. Charlie's still fighting to get back up there with me. She's coming in next at 22 and 20 against the spread, and our guest hosts are also coming in at 17 and 25. Charlie, were you able to find anything on the... Yeah, what and did I'm you find? shocked. What Auburn is, it? is ranked oh number my 40 God. in top public schools. And Bama's 65? Yeah, and then Whoa. according to national universities, Auburn is 97 and Bama is 143. I don't know. And then, I don't even know how they do those rankings, though. But it though. says it's... that Auburn, Alabama has been ranked one of the best places to live, and life at Auburn University can be similarly enjoyed for students. No. What, what, do you, what do you expect them to say? No. Auburn is trash. It's the worst town in I the mean, SEC. Like, what do you expect them to say? But there's like I would put Starkville there. above Auburn, literally. Well, then this is just wrong because this has Georgia Tech ranked number eight and UGA ranked number fifteen. What's wrong? When with that? I know. Hello, how many people can get into Tech these days, but can't get into UGA? Actually, I, and the people, people like. So I work with a lot of kids. People don't believe me when I say this. I have had numerous kids that have gotten in to tech but have not gotten into Georgia. Now, it doesn't always happen, but there are, I can give you plenty of examples of kids that have gotten into tech but not gotten into Georgia. I think it depends on your majors. There, obviously, there's a lot of factors at play there. But, but tech's a great school. We have to admit that if you want to be an engineer. If you, don't, if you want to be anything other than an engineer, probably not the place to go. But uh, hey, as soon as we get our engineering program off the ground, we get that rolling. Tech's going to be obsolete. It can be nothing. Just a matter of time. Give us 50 or so years and we'll be okay. They're already obsolete when it comes to athletics. It's just got to happen academically too. But anyway, 
Let's get started, Charlie. We've got some games to get to today. What you got for us? All right, first up, we have LSU at Auburn in the first toss-up game of the day. My least favorite things to pick. There's a lot of toss-ups today. Yes. This game has the potential to be real ugly, which means it could turn out to be one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. With the issues LSU has had so far this season matched up with a typical Auburn team that is debating whether or not to fire Gus Malzahn, it's hard to decide which team will come out on top. Um, I guess I'm going to have to go with Auburn to win and cover this one. And our listener Sam also picked Auburn to win and cover. I like what you said there, Charlie. You called what you call this a a typical Auburn team. I think you're right. Like it's weird. Like you, see, if you read message boards and you just you're on social media and you see all these Auburn fans pontificating and they're all fired about Gus Malzahn. They, they, he's on the hot seat again, and they're they're not happy with this team. I'm like. What are you guys upset about? Like, why are you upset about this Auburn team this year? This is who you are. This is, like, what your program is. Like, yeah, once a decade or so, you can rise up and be pretty good one year. But, like, year in, year out, this is kind of who you are. Like, why are you shocked? I just don't understand why Auburn fans at this point don't realize, like, this is just your fate in the world. Especially if you keep, for some reason, keep Gus Malzahn around. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll do this every year, and then he'll somehow win a game he probably shouldn't win. He saves his job at the end of the year, and then it's just... Rinse, wash, repeat, do it all over again. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. But this is a tough one for me. I agree with you. I don't think, honestly, I don't think either team has been especially good this year. I mean, LSU is sitting there at 2-2 two and two right now. Auburn's 3-2. and two. As I said earlier, though, if you really look at it without, like, really beneficial officiating, this team could easily be 0-5. The Kentucky game, I've mentioned this when we did the Kentucky preview show. In the first half, right before halftime, Kentucky was going in to score a touchdown and take the lead in that game. And they had... Chris Rodriguez, the running back, his upper body is not just his, not just the football. His entire upper body is like laying over the goal line in the end zone. And for some reason, they don't call a touchdown on the field. They review it, and for some reason, they still don't overturn it. And I'm sitting here like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, how can you possibly justify that? There's no way like, anyone with a brain, anyone with eyes, can sit there and tell you, oh yeah, that's a touchdown. It's about as clear as you can possibly get. And somehow, oh no, it's not a touchdown. In the next play, Terry Wilson throws an interception, and there's no points right there. So there's a huge swing in that game. Uh, and maybe Auburn still wins that game, but huge swing there. And then against Arkansas, obviously you had the, they're trying to spike it, and there was really a, a, a backwards pass. as a fumble, that was, and there was a clear recovery by the Arkansas player. That game should have been over. That game should have been over. And the SEC, SEC had to come out and say, oh yeah, the officials blew it. And then what happened last week? Oh yeah, the SEC, official, the SEC office had to come out and say, oh yeah, again against Ole Miss, the officials blew it. And who benefited? Auburn benefited. So I think you can make a strong argument that Auburn should be 0-5. But somehow they're sitting here at 3-2. and uh, but I don't think they're very good. And, and, but, but saying that, like each team has some really talented players in spots, but they also have some serious holes. We've played Auburn. You guys know what those holes are. You saw the same game I did. Now, if Miles Brennan was playing at quarterback for LSU this week, I would probably say LSU would not even think twice about it. But it doesn't look like he's going to be playing again this week. He was out last week. The true freshman that filled in for him, not Max Johnson from Oconee County, but TJ Finley. He was good last week in South Carolina. He got Now, he did get 275 yards from the running game. That certainly helped take some pressure off him. But he was good himself. Very efficient. 17 of 21, 265. Didn't make any horrible mistakes. But now with the game out there, there's, there's some tape out on him. So you got to factor that in. But on the flip side, I just, I mean, you guys know this. If you listen to the show, I have zero faith in Bo Nix. And that's where LSU's defensive issues have been. They've had some problems defensively, but those problems have come against teams that can throw the ball vertically and challenge them through the air because they have so much youth and so much inexperience back there in the secondary. 
If you look at LSU's defense right now, they're 83rd nationally in total defense, but they're 98th nationally in passing defense. Get up 344 yards a game through the air. Against the run, they're pretty good. 34th nationally, they're not great. They're fine, though. 34th nationally, give them 127 yards a game on the ground. And if you look at Auburn, they're not equipped to really attack LSU's weaknesses, exploit those weaknesses in the, in the passing game. Now, Auburn's run the ball well with Tank Bigsby. I mean, again, I wish we had taken him instead of Zach Evans, but whatever. It is what it is at this point. But their running game has gotten on track with Bigsby. The offensive line is still not very good, but Bigsby is, is, is a really good player, as we all kind of knew he was. But the LSU offense, even though the defense has been not very good, the offense is top 20 in total yards and yards per play, averaging just a little bit under 500 yards a game. And they've put up those yards against defenses that are better than Auburn's defense. And look, I know this game's on the road. I know LSU has a backup quarterback, so it's very tempting to take Auburn. But even though LSU's working in a, a true freshman as their backup quarterback this week, how much worse is he than Bo Nix? Like, Bo Nix is just not good. He can't play quarterback from the pocket. If you can keep him in the pocket, then you're going to win that game more often than not. And, and I know it's at, at Auburn, but how much does an afternoon home field advantage really matter this year? I, I don't know if it matters near as much. The Auburn rush defense is, is pretty suspect right now. LSU's kind of found their running game. And when you throw in Finley, he also brings a running element to the game as well. And I just don't think Auburn is equipped offensively, as I mentioned, to exploit LSU's defensive weakness through the air. So you know what? I'm gonna, I went back and forth on this, but I'm actually going to take LSU to go into Auburn, the worst college town in the SEC, and beat the Auburn Tigers. All right. And cover the three. Next up, Texas will be traveling to OK State this weekend to take on the Cowboys. The Longhorns are currently 3-2 and two and ranked 4th in the Big 12. Oklahoma State is playing really well so far with a 4-0 record. So I think Oklahoma State will pick up another win and make it 5-0 this weekend. And I think they'll cover also. Our listener Sam is going with Texas to win and cover. You know what, Charlie? I see where Sam is coming from here. Texas clearly has more talent. If you look at the 247 composite rankings, they have the fifth most talented overall roster, 1 through 85. LSU, or, uh, Oklahoma State has the 42nd most talented roster, 1 through 85. So the talent advantage, there's no contest here. But that's that's the case almost every single week in the Big 12 for Texas, other than when they play Oklahoma. They always have the talent advantage. But it doesn't always matter. I mean, you think, is TCU more talented than Texas? Let me tell you guys, quick answer, no, they're not. Uh, but they still found a way to lose that game. The, Kansas, a couple years ago, is Kansas more talented than Texas? Not even the same stratosphere. But still, they somehow end up losing to Kansas a couple years back. It just happens to Texas. It's crazy. So I don't think that's that huge of a deal. I'm honestly surprised. If you look at this, how is this possible? You get the number 16 in the country facing an unranked Texas team, but they're only favored by three and a half points at home. That's disrespectful to Oklahoma State. And that's Texas just getting Texas respect for some reason. And that's some respect I don't really think they deserve. I just don't know where that's coming from. I think the reason the line is so small is because the bookmakers looking at, like I just said, and said, oh yeah, Texas has way better players in Oklahoma State up and down the roster. But it doesn't matter. Texas always has good players, but they don't always play well. They don't play up to their rankings. In Oklahoma State, you know, they might have some guys that weren't rated as high coming out of high school, but those dudes are playing good football right now. And it's the Oklahoma State offense that typically gets all the hype. And they have some really good players this year. Chuba Hubbard, obviously. Tylen Wallace, a receiver. But the forgotten story about Oklahoma State this year, as I laid out last week, this is why I took them over Iowa State, that defense is playing at a level I've never seen an Oklahoma State defense play at. They're borderline top 10 in yards per play. They're actually, guys, they're, they're giving up fewer yards per play than we are right now. And we all think our defense is pretty good, right? So I know it's easy to just, you know, say, oh, Oklahoma State, their defense just is terrible and just dismiss them and say it's just a mirage. And maybe it is. But so far, it, it hasn't been that way. They've been really good 
defensively. And so if you match that with what they always do on offense, and right now the three-headed monster they have offensively, you have a really good football team. And look, guys, I, I do like Sam Ellinger at Texas. In some ways, I feel bad for him. Because I, you, you see how much he wants it. He wants Texas to be good. He cares about that program. He grew up a Texas guy. I kind of put myself in his shoes. Like, what if I was the quarterback for Georgia, right? Like, waited my entire life for this, and then I get there, and then everything's just kind of slipping away from me. My coach is now in the hot seat. My career never panned out the way I wanted it to pan out. Like, I, on some level, I feel for the guy. And I think he's pretty good, actually. He's not an elite quarterback, but he's pretty good. I, I don't think he's the problem for them. But there's just some bad vibes in Austin right now. They just lost the number one quarterback recruit in the 2022 class from South Lake Carroll High School down there in Texas, probably in a bit of Ohio State. That's tough for them. And why is that guy leaving? Like, I don't know. I don't know the inside story there. But it certainly could have something to do with the fact that Tom Herman is now – there's there's – talk about him potentially being on the hot seat because he just underachieves. And I say underachieves because they have a lot of talent every year and they just don't win at a high level. Yeah, I know they beat us a couple years ago, but we, you know, that's a bowl game. We had a lot of guys not playing that game, whatever. Uh, but they're just, they're just not taking strides forward right now. And I think there's, there's some uncertainty around that program and there's just some really negative vibes right now. That's just the feel I get there. And there's just something missing. There's always something missing with this Texas program. Everyone to put it on Charlie Strong and say, oh, Charlie Strong's a terrible coach. Well, I mean, Tom Herman, I mean, it's maybe a little bit better than what, what it was under Charlie Strong, but he still hasn't really progressed the program forward all that much. So right now, I'm just looking at Oklahoma State. There's nothing missing there. There's, that team is playing really well offensively and defensively. We've got Spencer Sanders, our starting quarterback, back last week. He's got that rust off. He's coming back at home here. I think Oklahoma State is playing with more confidence. They're a more complete team. Give me the Cowboys to win and cover at home. All right. Next up, Lane Kiffin provided us all with some entertainment this week after making a comment about the SEC officiating last weekend and then followed it up by putting his poor math skills on display for the country to see. It was pretty hilarious. Like I love yes. it. Like he he doesn't care. He's like, oh, he find me twenty five thousand dollars. I don't yeah. care. I make millions of dollars a year. I, he just let me take a shot at officials. Yeah, let's do he it. He just wants to make a joke at all times, which I greatly appreciate. But he was also kind of. We saw a different side. He was kind of. I don't know if you saw the press conference. He made the joke. The joke was hilarious. But at his press conference, like he was pissed. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, he was pissed off. So, but clearly he's better at coaching football than he is at math. Yeah. So he's taking his team to Nashville to take on the winless Vanderbilt Commodores on Saturday. This one could get ugly with Ole Miss's ability to score, but Vanderbilt's defense does have its bright spots. Every now and then. Well, if there is a bright spot in well, Nashville, it's yeah. you have to maybe defense, maybe. So I think Ole Miss wins this game, but Vandy will cover the 16 and a half. Because that really? seems like a lot of points to me. Okay. But who knows. Sam's going with Ole Miss to win and cover. I mean, you might be right here, Charlie. You, you've been great this year, but I just like I know the Ole Miss defense is bad, but man, that Vanderbilt offense is is just as bad. I mean, they're 95th nationally out of 101 teams, averaging only 256 yards a game. They're averaging 8.7 yard, 8.7 points per game. Yeah, I know Ole Miss defense is bad. I get that, but they've actually like they've been playing a little bit better. No one, no one's noticing that. They've been a little bit better the past two weeks. They haven't given up over 500 yards in each of the past two weeks. It's been like the mid 400. So I know that's not good, but it's improving. They're not giving up 700 yards. Like that's progress, right? Invariable's just so bad. They're so bad. 8.7 points per game. Like, oh my God. Like that's just like poor Vanderbilt. Oh my God, poor Vanderbilt. But I mean, I will say the Ole Miss offense, yeah, they've slowed down some. Like, their defense has got a little bit better, but the offense has slowed down a little bit after that torrid start, putting up video game numbers on people. But, and they've still been good, but you know Matt Corral threw, what, six interceptions a couple weeks ago, threw another, a couple more last week. 
He was really hot to start the season for a cup for the first couple of weeks. He was leading the country in total QBR. Not the case anymore. Still, I think top ten, but uh, the last couple of weeks he's really kind of come down to earth. But I don't care. Like this one, this one is easy to me. Vanderbilt simply cannot score. I do not care about Ole Miss's defense. Yes, I know they're terrible, but I think Vanderbilt's offense is is potentially worse. And Ole Miss can can, can definitely put up points. Yeah, Charlie, I know that. Yeah, Vanderbilt has a you know decent defense, okay defense, but I don't think it's enough to stop Ole Miss. From, uh, from from covering this spread. So give me the Rebels to win and cover the 16 and a half. And Charlie, I know that we're rolling along here, but I do want to pause for a minute to remind everyone about my bookie. Here on these pick shows, each and every Thursday night, Friday morning, whenever you're listening to the show, we do our best to give you guys the picks that'll help you make a little cash over the weekend to line your pockets just a little bit. And there's no better place to do that than my bookie. Between the NFL, college football, there's no shortage of games to watch. There's literally thousands of lines available in all your favorite sports and events that'll help you turn your game day into payday with my bookie. So whether you like big time favorites, you like the underdogs, whatever bet you like to put out there. My bookie has you covered. They've got game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late, guys, to get in on the action. Who cares if the season started? Who cares if you're new to the betting game? You can go ahead and start turning your sports knowledge. Did you know if you listen to this podcast, you've got plenty of sports knowledge. You know your football. Turn that knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. All you got to do is sign up at my bookie. And when you do, use our promo code OVERTIME to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. It's a great deal. And this is a bonus that's designed to give you a head start on your winning season. Again, that's promo code OVERTIME for you to claim your bonus when you make your first deposit. We've got stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, of course, all the major sports, and so much more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. All right. Alabama has another opportunity on Saturday to win big in their matchup with Mississippi State. However, their key return guy, Jaden Waddle. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was, do you feel bad? I mean, you got to feel bad for the guy. I do. He's out for a year due to an ankle injury. I feel bad for him. So you're telling me when, when, when when you saw that Waddle went down, you were not, like, there was no part of you that was like, oh, that might be good for us. No. Not one part of you? No. You're just a better person than every other Georgia fan, are you? Because every other other Georgia fan is like, oh, that's terrible, but oh, that might be good for us. No, that's awful. Well, I mean, it's awful he's hurt, but it also might be good for us. Right, but this is Can you, can't both things be true? No. I yes, I think they can both I just be feel true. Awful for the guy. Yeah, you don't you don't wish for that to happen, but when it happens, it doesn't mean it's not. It kind of sounds like you do wish for these things. No, I don't. Of course, no, 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 no. I wish him the best. I, actually, you know what? I like being teams at their best. I told you guys that, but it also, I mean, we can't lie because if if and this is this is all conjecture. We might not even get there. We might lose to who? Who knows? We might lose to Kentucky this week. We might not win the East, but if we do find ourselves in that position, we, we win enough games to put ourselves in a, in a shot to get a rematch with Bama, like. It undoubtedly, if he doesn't play it, it helps our chances to win that game. Like I'm not saying that I want that to happen, but it like you have to recognize that we have a better opportunity. That's all I'm saying. Yes, I know. That's all I'm saying. You, and that never crossed your mind when that happened. No, you, I you, mean, you had yes, to have somebody else tell I you still that. Wish that he was able to play. Yeah, I wish the guy was able to play, but it doesn't. But it also helps us that he's not playing. He thought maybe his, he thought his 2020 sucked already. Now it really sucks. <laughs> oh my god, I know. poor just... guy. But anyway, well, you didn't sit here laughing. I didn't laugh at the guy. You're sitting here laughing at because him. Because when I'm you're trying to act like you're a better person, everybody, you're sitting here laughing at the poor kid. Because when I'm uncomfortable and sad, I just laugh, which makes me look like a crazy person who is unstable, which I probably am. Take the probably out of there. Yes, yeah, you're exactly. a crazy person. Yes. Anyways, I think Bama will win this one with Mississippi State covering because 31 points. That's a lot. A lot. Sam has Bama winning and covering. Tyler? 
So yeah, my initial reflex was to go with Sam here and to pick Bama to obviously win. I'm sorry, guys, that this is this game is even on the slate this week because I know it's an obvious Bama win, but there was kind of slim pickings there were the with this week. So we're gonna go. We, we put we put this in on the air because we thought at least it'd be interesting to talk about does Bama cover the spread against Mississippi State without Waddle in the game. So that's why this is on here. I know it's kind of like why, but that's that's why. So my initial reflex was to go with what Sam said and just pick Bama to win, pick them to lay the 31. But upon further review, thinking about this a little bit further, I had to rethink it. And if you look back, like I've watched actually a fair amount of Mississippi State because I just like watching Mike Leach offenses. It's fun to watch. But when you watch them, it's not the offense. Like the offense has been bad. It's actually not fun to watch right now, at least since week one when they put up all those points on LSU. But the defense is good. The defense that Mississippi State has is pretty good. And that's unusual for a Mike Leach team. They're top 15 right now nationally. They, they're giving up under 300 total yards a game. I know, obviously, Alabama is on a different level than anyone they played offensively. But this is also, as Charlie was saying, this is Bama with, with no Jalen Waddle. So, and Bama's going to score regardless. So they put up points on Tennessee without Waddle. I mean, Waddle was, what, the opening kickoff is when he got hurt last week? So, so Bama's going to score. That's going to happen. But I do think the Mississippi State defense is good enough to, to keep it close enough to give the offense a chance to cover this spread. Now, I'm not confident here because... The Mississippi State offense has been abysmal since that week one shellacking. And I, well, maybe not shellacking, just the, the, the shell-shocking of LSU there, just taking off and really taking the country by storm and then falling flat on their face since then. I mean, the last two weeks, they've put up 295 yards and 217 yards, respectively. But Mississippi State did also have a bye week. They're coming off a bye week, so who knows if that helps. There's a good chance that Costello is going to get benched for good and Will Rogers, is, the young guy, is going to get his... Is going to get the majority of that playing time, but they're just having issues right now. Hopefully, the bye will give them a chance to work on like how to possibly attack a defense that rushes three and drops eight because that's all anyone's doing now. The book has been out on them for a while. I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why LSU. Honestly, I can't figure out what Bo Pelini was doing in that game. Like Washington has figured them out and put and put the blueprint out blueprint out there for everyone for for years now. And if he just wanted to be arrogant and do what he does and got burned. And they lost that game because of that. But since that point, everyone's just rushing three, dropping eight. And so and there are ways to attack that for Mississippi State. But when you have K.J. Costello, who's never really worked in this offense, there's no spring practice, it's tough to kind of figure that out midstream. So when you have a bye week, maybe you can work on that a little bit. I'm obviously taking Alabama to win this game. But what the heck? I'm with you, Charlie. With Waddle, without Waddle, Bama is still going to win big. But I do think the Bizarro Dog defense is good enough to keep it within the 31. So I'm going to take them to cover. All right. Ohio State at Penn State. This is one of the top matchups of the weekend and even the season. Well, at least well, it was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah, in the Big Ten. Um, so after watching Justin Fields last weekend, I have to go with Ohio State to win this one. I mean, he completed all but what one of his passes. I think, yeah, twenty to twenty-one, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and made it look really simple. So it looks like he is reading the defense better and not making just one read and then taking off. Yeah, which is. Good which for him. which he was he was bound to improve just you yeah. know it was year one I mean it happens to a lot of quarterbacks but now, he's certainly they just have to hope they can make it through their season and I, I don't know man I, I just I don't know the the what the Big Ten has put in place I just they just it doesn't have to be them it could be the other like poor Nebraska this week did you see Nebraska tried to put together a game with Tennessee Chattanooga did you see this today no so they so Nebraska it's not their fault that Wisconsin right, right? and so Nebraska is losing a game right. so. They love football in Nebraska. They want their team to play. So they went out and they scheduled a game. They got a deal in place with Tennessee Chattanooga on short notice. The mocks that they were going to play, they were going to pay them like $250,000 to play them. But the Big Ten said no. 
Oh, after the deal surprised. was on. Of course you're not surprised. It's like, what? Why? Why on earth? Everyone on UTC's team took a test, a PCR test. They all tested negative, but the Big Ten still said no. Why? 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 Kevin Warren is, I, I think, the worst commissioner in maybe the history of, of sports. Maybe Kennesaw Matt Landis was the worst. I don't know. But what? Kevin Warren, just, oh my God, dude, just stop. Just stop. Just stop. He's He needs to resign. He needs to resign now. But anyway, ridiculous. Uh, so you, are you, who'd you take in that one? I didn't say yet. Okay, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go, 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 go. Okay. I picked Ohio State to win with Penn State covering. Penn State to cover. And Sam, our listener, picked Ohio State to win and cover. Hmm. All right. So this one is a very... Like, this was supposed to be a big marquee game early in the Big Big Ten season, but that kind of fell on its face with Penn State losing in overtime to Indiana last week. Although Indiana, like, people don't realize this. Indiana is actually a pretty good team. They should have beaten Tennessee in the Gator Bowl last year. They blew that one late. They're pretty good. They're a pretty good team. But it's, after that loss to Indiana, it's, it's really easy to just say, oh, yeah, Ohio State definitely mic drop, walk away, and, and you're done with it. I mean, especially after Penn State loses to Indiana like that in week one. But I don't think a lot of people actually watched the Penn State-Indiana game. I watched a, a, a good portion of that game. Guys, Penn State, like... I still am at a loss for how they lost that game. They were they were pretty much they, they dominated that game. Indiana could not move the football. Penn State guys they outgained them 488 yards to 211. They just lost a turnover battle. They had some inopportune turnovers, and Indiana just made some plays at critical junctures. Got to give them credit. But like Penn State more than doubled their total yards. They dominated that game. They just made some critical mistakes, and Indiana made some critical plays in critical moments. But the perception is right now nationally that Penn State is just not very good. But I think they're better than that national perception. I really do because I actually watched them play. They're better than that. But I still don't think they're as good as Ohio State. I watched every snap of the Ohio State-Nebraska game last week. And Ohio State's really good, guys. I don't know if they're quite as good as they were last year. Fields has taken another step forward for sure. He doesn't have as many weapons offensively to work with. They don't have the running backs they had last year. Dobbins is gone. They had some issues there at running back with some injuries and, and whatnot. And their defense, they still have really good talent. Don't get me wrong. But they don't have a Chase Young guy right now. They're just not, I don't think they're as good defensively as they were last year. But they're still better than Penn State. And you're right, Charlie. I mean, Justin Fields, it's painful to watch, but he was nearly perfect last week. He's got two good receivers to throw to in Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. I, I, again, still have some questions about their run game, but I just, I just don't think that Penn State has enough firepower on offense to win this game. I just don't see that. The Penn State run game, like there, it's certainly very suspect. They, Journey Brown's out; he's not playing. I mean, Noah Kane, remember all those years ago? He's only got three carries last week. He wasn't even like he got, I think, the third or fourth most carries on the team. So he's not really a major factor for them right now. But I wouldn't be like I'm not a believer in Sean Clifford at quarterback yet. But he played pretty well, minus two bad interceptions last week. But um, he's got he's got some mobility to his game. He ran for over 100 yards last week. But he was their rushing attack last week. So I think he's he's good enough to make some plays against an Ohio State defense that's still good, but I'm just not sure they're like as good as they were last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if after that loss to Indiana at home, I know there's no fans there, but still losing that game in week one, want to bounce back against a, against a really good Ohio State team, this is a chance to kind of redeem yourself. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Nittanys keep it close for a good while in this game. But I think the Buckeyes are just, they're too talented at the end of the day. I, I, Justin Fields is too good. So I'm going to take the Buckeyes to win. And... Um, I want to say a backdoor cover. I don't know how backdoor it'll be, but they'll cover this game. All right. Arkansas is my second favorite team. You cannot have a second favorite team. There's, there's, you can root for Sam Pittman. I'll, I'll allow that. Yeah. And they're going to College Station this weekend. The Aggies are favored by 12 and a half. Arkansas has greatly improved in all areas since last season. 
And they've continued to show improvement so far this season with Sam Pittman. But I don't think it's enough to beat the Aggies this weekend. So I'm going with Texas A&M to win, but the Hogs will cover. Our listener Sam is picking A&M to win and cover. I am really happy for the pit boss. I can certainly say that. Oh, Sam Pittman, man, he's a good dude. I'm really happy to see him having some success there. And, of course, when I say success, it's relative to what Arkansas has been. And I I don't think this is a game that's unwinnable for them. Like, I really don't. Do you? Like, is this a game that Arkansas has no chance to win? Like, I don't, I don't see this as a game. No. No, like, Arkansas can win this game. I mean, A&M is certainly more talented, but, like, this is college football. That doesn't always matter. Um, A&M, yeah, they they got a lot of talent. They've recruited really well, but they're just they're just still not a dominant team. Like I know they beat Florida. Yeah, they beat a top five team for the first time under Jimbo Fisher. That's good for them. That's awesome. I'm really glad they did. That was a lot of fun to watch that game. But they also don't consistently show up like that. They can have games like that where they show up really well. Then they have games where it's like against Vanderbilt in week one. Like, what do they win twelve to seven? Like it's like what 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 is going on here? Uh, if they bring their A game, they win this game pretty easily. But is that going to happen? You just don't know with Texas A&M. You don't know with Kellen Mond. That's the thing. Kellen Mond is up and down. If he's up and down, the team is up and down. So this could be, I mean, you don't know. You just never know what's going to happen. But it could be one of those games where you look at A&M and you say, oh, yeah, that's a really average football team. Or it could be the game like against Florida. You're like, oh, yeah, this is the A&M we thought that they could be. You just don't know. You don't know what it's going to be. Uh, but this, I will tell you this Arkansas team fights, man. And I really like that about them. They're, they're overmatched from a talent perspective most of the time. But I don't know, like in maybe the most surprising turn of events in college football history, Felipe Franks has actually stabilized that team. Like that was the issue for them last year. It just they had a revolving door quarterback. They couldn't figure that situation out. Morrison being over his head in the SEC, and it was just a bad situation. But here comes Felipe Franks. Again, like who in their wildest dreams would imagine Felipe Franks would have come in and stabilized an offense? Because he was the most unstable quarterback I've seen in the SEC in a while. I mean, talented guy, very talented guy, but just catastrophic decision making at times but he hasn't been that guy this year and on top of him they've got a good group of wide receivers two good running backs and if Franks continues to be the guy he's been for most of the season and doesn't revert back to just giving games away catastrophically they're going to be in games in fact guys they've been in every single game they played this year I know yeah we ended up beating them 37 was it 37 to 6 but or 37 to 7 whatever it ended up being 37 to 10 I take that back 37 to 10 right so we ended up beating them yeah 37 to 10 I know we beat them going away in that game but it's also not forget that we were down at halftime. So they stayed in that game a lot longer than they really had any business staying in that game. And they kind of carried that over the rest of the season. Even the games they've lost, they've been in those games. Yeah, I know they lost to Auburn by two on the road. They had Auburn beat. It's not their fault the referees cheated. It's not their fault. So they have been in every single game. I don't know why this game is going to be any different. I do just think that AM is a little bit ahead of them right now, though. I'll say that. Maybe not my much. Uh, but just a little bit more talented. And this game is in College Station. And I I've, I know I said earlier that I don't know how much home field advantages matter. Well, if you watch the A&M Florida game, home field advantage at A&M, it matters because they're just all over the place. It's a huge stadium and they have one side of the stadium that's like all students apparently and there's not any social distancing going on there. At least there wasn't against Florida. We'll see if that continues this week. I know the SEC is starting to hand down some fines. But the other side of the stadium where the typical average fan is, the non-students, they were social distance just fine, but the one whole side, not much social distancing going on, and it was really packed. So I do think there's a home field advantage there, and this game has been moved to College Station. Normally they play this in Arlington, but this year is in College Station. So I think that might help them a little bit in this game. I'm, I'm going to take A&M to win, but I'm going to take the Hogs to cover. I just really, honestly, I don't think there's a huge gap between these two teams. A&M is a little bit more talented, so I'll give them the edge here, especially at home. But I think I'm going to take the Hawks to cover. They've been in every single game they've played this year. All right. 
Next up, Mizzou will play at Florida. And Florida has had time to get back to the basics with the bye week. Or maybe not because some of the players and Coach Mullen were isolated due to COVID within the past two weeks. So this will be mm, even more strange than it has been. It's, it's like, I don't even think about this game. I really don't because, don't of, because of the COVID situation. Normally I, I would say Florida will come out big with the bye week and since they were embarrassed by Texas A&M two weeks ago, that they would easily win. But now, I just, I don't know. So I think Florida will win, and Mizzou has the potential to cover and possibly even win considering the circumstances surrounding this game, but probably still unlikely. So I'm going with Florida to win and Mizzou to cover. Our listener Sam picked Florida to win and cover. Yeah, I'm with you, Charlie. I'm really interested to see how Florida responds this week to what essentially amounts to two bye weeks. That's basically what they had, two bye weeks in a row. But it's two weeks in which they couldn't engage in any team activities. It doesn't matter if if you were not testing positive for COVID. Their entire program was shut down. No one can come to the facility for two weeks. They weren't watching film. They weren't in meetings. They weren't doing anything like that. No practice, nothing for two weeks. Couldn't they do that on Zoom? Potentially, I don't know the rules to that. All I, mean, I know that's is not going to be like they a weren't game they weren't allowed in the building, and like that's it's just a different animal. Sure, you can do some things on Zoom, and again, I don't know how much they were allowed to do. I, I don't know what the protocols are there when your when your program gets shut down for a week. I just don't know what that entails. But I know they definitely were not allowed in the facility, and I know they were definitely not allowed to do any sort of team activities whatsoever. So I don't know. Like I just I, I don't know how to look at it. You could look at it and say, all right, well, two bye weeks, that's awesome, right? Like you get to heal up, rest up, and you're ready to roll. Is that the way to look at it? Or are they going to be rusty coming out of those bye weeks, kind of out of sorts? Are all the players back from their COVID diagnosis? Is anybody else test positive? Like who's back, who's not? Like I don't know if we know all that information. So it's just, it, I don't know how to view it, to be honest with you. I think the Gators are clearly the more talented team here. But as I said all year long at this point, guys, that defense is a problem. I know our offense might be a problem for us too. I get that. But that defense for Florida is a problem. They just don't have the players. Like, at least we have some guys who so just got them to grow up. Florida doesn't have the dudes right now. They have no defensive linemen. And uh, as far as I know, that's still a problem for them. I don't think they fixed it during those two, I guess you can call them bye weeks, because they just really weren't allowed to do anything. And the Missouri offense has been much better since they inserted Connor Basilic the redshirt freshman, as their starting quarterback. In fact, they're averaging 170 yards a game more with Basilic as their starting quarterback. In Florida's rush defense, we know in particular, if you watch them, especially that A&M game, that's how A&M won that game. They just figured out, we're going to run the football in Florida, and they can't stop it. That run defense has been the biggest issue for Florida. And Missouri just put up 220 yards on the ground on a Kentucky defense that's far better than Florida's, far better up front than Florida's front seven. So I just, I don't know... I think I think Missouri has a chance to move the football. I just don't know if they have the guys to match up defensively with a guy like Kyle Pitts, maybe Kadarius Tony. I really love Nick Bolton at linebacker. I think he's one of the best, if not the best linebackers in the entire SEC. But man, I don't have any faith in him covering Kyle Pitts. Kyrie Gillespie at a safety, he's a good safety covering Kyle Pitts. I, I don't know, man. I don't know if he has that kind of athleticism. And I don't know who's gonna be covering Kadarius Tony. I'll give Dan Mullen credit. He's finally figured out how to use Kadarius Tony, and he's making play after play for that Florida Gator offense right now. But at the end of the day, I, I do just think, like again, I, it could be a situation where they're just so rusty, out of sorts, and they just they lose this game, they blow it. But I just think the, the Florida offense will be a little too much for Missouri to handle. But I do think Missouri is going to push them. I really like Connor Bays as a quarterback. I think he's really good, and I think Eli Drinkwitz, the new head coach at Missouri, is a really, really good offensive mind. They played Kentucky last week, so I watched that game a couple times, going back and trying to prepare for this Kentucky matchup. And I just, I'm really impressed with what I see from this Missouri offense. They're well, far better than they were last year, light years ahead of where they were last year. 
And I think that they can put up some points on a very suspect Florida defense. I just don't know if they can stop Florida enough because the Florida offense is still really talented. They're still really good. So give me the Gators to win at home. But I think with the COVID situation, the lack of preparation, I like this Missouri offense. Florida's defense has got issues. So I'm going to take the Tigers to cover the 13. All right. Now let's talk about the most important game of the weekend let's go. for dog fans. Georgia is playing at Kentucky as a 14.5-point favorite. That's a lot. That extra half a point there. The hook. The dogs had a bye week last week, giving them extra time to practice the basics and possibly give a new quarterback extra reps. I don't know. Do you really think that's going to happen? I don't think we'll see a new quarterback this week. At all? I don't know. I don't think to start, Uh but no one knows. We don't know. If you had to predict. Who knows? I really don't know. I don't even know. Personally, I feel like UGA is just cursed at this point. It seems like we can't put it all together in one year. But maybe that'll change. I don't know. Maybe one day. I don't know. Maybe one lifetime. I'm glad we win as many games as we do. It's just that the, you know. It's great. You're right. Like, we're spoiled. It's It's great to win all these. It's just out there in the universe. And we're never going to put our hands on it. I just want it so badly. So yes. badly. Well, Maybe sorry, one day. Make you sad. You look really depressed now. I, I am. When you bring that up, yeah. I mean, I try to stay away from these thoughts. Well, They're not healthy for me. We were both pretty high on the cats earlier this season, but they've looked pretty horrible lately. Um, I think Georgia comes home with a W, but the cats will cover. Our listener Sam also picked UGA to win and Kentucky to cover. You picking Kentucky to cover? Yeah. How dare you? Uh, all right. So based on talent alone, like we know, like based on talent, as I've said for a couple games this week. This should not be a game. Like, this shouldn't be a game we talk about based on talent alone, but this is college football, right? But and also with our offense still trying to find an identity and trying to find a way to become more explosive, like every game we play right now because of those factors has the chance to be closer than it should be. Like, this game shouldn't be close. With our offense right now, like it has a chance to be closer than it should be, especially when you're playing against a Kentucky team with a good, respectable defense. Maybe not an elite defense, no, but still a good, respectable defense, a well-coached team. I think the matchups are interesting in this game, as I kind of laid out in the Kentucky preview show, which you can still go back and check on that. Uh, I'll give you a lot more detailed information on this game if you want to check out that episode if you haven't yet. But Joey Gaywood, it looks like he's almost certainly going to get the start this week. They're saying it's because of a hand injury to their previous starter, Terry Wilson. I don't know how true that is. Gatewood got a couple of series when Kentucky was struggling offensively late in the second, late in the first half against Missouri last week, and then they came out after half and brought Wilson back in and certainly did not work out. But anyway, Gatewood looks like he's going to be the guy this week that he's a former transfer from Auburn, got beat up by Bo Nix. And look, we all know that Bama lit us up through the air, and and so you would imagine, if we know that, then opposing offensive coordinators, like they know that, they saw that, and they want to replicate that. But I just don't think Kentucky has the personnel for that. I I actually expect them, as I mentioned on on the preview show, I expect them to revert back to the playbook from last year with Lynn Bowden at quarterback. I think that's really what Gatewood brings to the table. I mean, certainly Terry Wilson was a mobile quarterback, a dual-threat guy, but Gatewood, I think he's more of a pure runner. He's more of a physical kind of guy. I think they can do some of the stuff that they did with Bowden last year with Gatewood. So I expect them to kind of do some of that. I just don't think they're equipped to exploit us through the air. Gatewood's a big, physical, talented guy, strong-arm guy, but, I mean, he's 7-14 in his career. 7-14 passing for like 70-something yards. I just... I, I, we don't have any evidence that he's going to be able to go out there and be into the air. And the receivers aren't that great either. Josh Ali's solid. He's a good player. Outside of that, they don't have anyone like more than like 68 yards receiving on the year. So I just don't know if they're really equipped to exploit some issues that we might have had exposed against Alabama. But what I, I also think here's another matchup. Like what we do best right now is we run the football. We run the football. And we're throwing the ball fine. But like I think that we're starting to figure out that our 
identity should probably start with running the football. That's where we're more. That's where we're best right now. That's our most effective attack offensively. And the offensive line is, a, is gelling, but that Kentucky front six, like that, is the strength of that defense. So it's an interesting matchup. And their in their interior defensive line, especially, is the strength of that defense. And I, I think the way to attack them is attack the edges. Missouri figured that out last week. Eli Drinkwitz figured that out, especially as, as the game progressed. And they really had a lot of success to the tune of 220 yards rushing against what I think is a good Kentucky front six, front seven. And I think we can kind of replicate that. But at the end of the day, despite the humble pie that we were clearly served in that Alabama game, I just don't see how this Kentucky offense scores enough to win this game. I, I just don't. Even if our offense is scuffling, I just don't see how Kentucky scores enough to win this game. They haven't been explosive. I don't think they are good enough to consistently put together long scoring drives to beat us. I just don't think they can do that consistently. Maybe one here or there, but like, what, they're going to put together five or six scoring drives of like 10 or more plays? Like I just I don't see that happening. Like, no one's really been able to do that against our defenses. We've given up big plays, sure, but Kentucky hasn't been particularly explosive. This is not Alabama's offense. I think the only way we lose this game is if we do what Tennessee did and give them multiple defensive or special teams touchdowns, give them short fields, that kind of thing. Basically to lose, we're going to have to beat ourselves. And, and you would hope coming off of a bye week, that doesn't happen. And hopefully coming off the bye week takes the trap game element of this out of it, out of the equation, the idea that it's sandwiched right there between Bama and Florida. Hopefully that bye week neutralizes that possibility. But I'm taking the dogs to win this one. And I get why you might take Kentucky to, to cover this one, Charlie, that the the hook there, that is, uh, that's tough. I'm not near as confident about the spread because their defense is good. But you know what? I'm going to have some faith. My dogs come off the bye week. I'm going to take the dogs to win and also cover the 14 and a half. But you were going to pick the cats to cover. I was going to pick the cats to cover. Earlier in the day because you were like, oh, the extra hook. The hook. Well, I, no, I, I told you the hook had me concerned. I had to think about it. And I thought about it. Well, I saw the spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet said UK earlier today. Right. Well, I'm making the pick right you now. You're going to flip-flop so. again I'm not, I, later th- today? There's no flip-flopping once I've put it on tape. On the it's airwaves. on the airwaves. Okay. People can hear me now. So yes, my official pick is Georgia to win and cover. Got it. I have faith unlike some people hey, that you know. I'm sitting next to you right now. Loser. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. That's it for today. Enjoy your football Saturday. I hope all you guys in the North Georgia area, the Metro Atlanta area, hope you guys are safe and sound and didn't suffer too much damage. I'm definitely thinking of all you guys out there. But thanks for listening, guys. We always appreciate that. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always... Go dogs!